everybody. Welcome back to another Batman News Weekly. This is episode 89 in year two. And do we have some uh, pretty good news? It's not really major, but I think it's got some stuff we can definitely talk about. And we have a shitload of comic books to talk about because this was a huge Batman week. Uh, but yeah, Clay, how are you doing, man? I'm doing pretty well. You know, I this morning, uh, we are since recording this like on a Sunday. This morning, I actually had a not necessarily debate, but discussion about Star Wars. I uh, I hosted a uh, I was a guest host on a Star Wars podcast, nice. and we talked about the Last Jedi. Uh, mm-hmm. I loved that movie, while the other hosts uh, hated that movie. So it was a really good discussion. We didn't we didn't have one of those like yelling matches, but we actually had a legitimate yeah. discussion. You know, just saying why we loved it, why we hated it, and what the fandom of Star Wars can do moving forward to kind of just leave that movie where it is, you know, instead of yeah. just like always hating on it. So I did that. So look out for that. That's going to be on the geek ultimate Alliance network podcast. Look for star Wars Alliance. When you download that. Nice. Yeah. That was a very divisive movie. Obviously uh, we've, we've, you, you know, you've made the comparison of Tom King being the, you know, Ryan Johnson of comics. comics. Yeah. Yeah. Or in comics in general. Yeah. Um, which I thought was very interesting, but yeah, I don't know. I felt like that was the first, I don't know if it's bad to say this, but like first cinematic star Wars we ever had. And and that's something he said as well. He said the cinematography of that film was like hands down amazing, which I totally yeah. agree. And I said, this was the first star Wars movie that legitimately tried to take steps outside of just like the Skywalker saga yeah uh, which i mean there's rumors of them like since backtracking since it was such a a, a crazy divide for the fandom uh yeah apparently he is not gonna make that trilogy that they said he was gonna make hopefully that's not true and hopefully he does wasn't that recording already uh you mean uh being produced uh you said recording. yeah yeah wasn't it already like in production uh i thought so and I, I I haven't heard anything since, but hopefully it still is like being worked on for sure. But I yeah, know right now Johnson like... is working really hard on Knives Out 2, which has a freaking bomb ass freaking cast right now on Netflix. They've already announced yeah, I haven't seen that. Uh, Edward Norton is in that movie. Uh, for... uh, he still works. <laughs> I haven't seen that guy in anything yeah. lately. Uh, Dave Bautista is in that movie. Uh I believe Janelle Monet is in that movie. Nice. Uh, and uh, what's her name who played uh, Agatha Harkness in WandaVision? Uh, uh, I can't remember her name. Uh, Kathy Hahn. Kathy Hahn is oh. in that movie as well. So hmm. it, it there's a pretty big cast. Daniel Craig still starring? Yep. Nice. Yeah. It was like a they purchased that film for like $400 million. So the first one. No, no, no. They Netflix is making the second movie. Didn't they buy the first one? No, I don't think so. No, oh, I thought there was like some big thing about somebody paying like they somebody paid out the ass for Knives Out. But I, I well, I think they they paid four hundred million for the next two installments, two and three. Oh, so they're doing two more. Yeah. Okay, that's nuts. Anyways. That has nothing to do with Batman. Um, So (laughs) let's dive into some Batman news. Uh, One of the first things that popped up, uh, you know, between the week that we haven't recorded was Margot Robbie speaking about how she is very actively trying to get Poison Ivy in a Harley Quinn movie. 
like uh apparently she has been preaching it big time to wb um she really wants to happen because she wants to explore the essentially love angle between ivy and harley yeah um and i think that's awesome because one it's comic book accurate and two it brings in the representation this is we've bitched about representation and all of this shit in inclusivity on this podcast recently and I think this is one of the best ways to do it because you please comic book fans with the relationship that exists in the comic books. You bring in a new character and you have somebody that really wants to make this happen. Yeah. So I think that's the best of both worlds because I think you get the best content when the actor or director is heavily invested in the project. Yeah. And one thing that I keep hearing here, and I'm a little divided about it just because of how I feel towards WB but I'm not sure how to take it because the way she said it in this interview is that she's been pestering WB to do this, meaning that it's something that she's been wanting to do for a while and WB hasn't done it. So because of the wording, it makes it sound like WB doesn't want to do it. But at the same time, Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn's relationship in physical medias, not just the comics has shown up as far back as the Batman, the animated series, you know, as recently as Tom King's run. So, and as recently, as far as like animation goes in the Harley Quinn show, which was produced by WB and and of course on HBO max. It's huge in there. I'm not sure how I feel if like WB doesn't want to do it in live action because that's a missed opportunity. 100%. It would be, I don't know how hardcore Robbie wants to go into this. Obviously, Robbie, like, it depends on how she wants to get with it. Because obviously, people would be like, oh, yeah, let's, if you put it on HBO, you can do whatever you want. Yes. I would not mind seeing a Harley Quinn. We've mentioned this on the podcast before. A Harley Quinn series on HBO Max would kill. Oh, yeah, 100 And then if you wanted to do the relationship in there, you could get a little risque if you wanted to. Although Margot Robbie has said, she's like, she has nothing against doing nudity again, but she won't do it if it's not, like, story driven yeah apparently and i don't think you need that i didn't know this but apparently she told her parents in wolf of wall street that that was a body double yeah and then when they were watching she was like that's actually me (laughs) she was like uh it sucks it's funny because i love hearing those stories of actresses or i've never really heard from male actors but actresses talk about that they watch the movies with their parents and like the same thing happened with uh what's her name from lord of the rings um, oh yeah yeah and she was just like oh no and so like <laughs> yeah so i think that's interesting but you know i think a harley quinn series would be pretty awesome on hbo max and then if they really wanted to explore that relationship as hardcore as the show does but then again the animated show would make no sense so you know that's kind of what you need to do uh are this probably why you wouldn't get something like that in live action and you can kind of do whatever you want and be really ridiculous in an animated show so maybe we don't need a live action but I would still love to see Poison Ivy again on screen. Um, but yeah, so from the actual quote, this is what Robbie said. It's, uh, trust me, I chew out Warner Brothers' ear off all about it all the time. They are sick of hearing it, but I'm like, Poison Ivy, Poison Ivy, come on, let's do it. I make very keen to see, uh, I, uh, I'm very keen to see Harley-Poison Ivy relationship on screen. It should be fun. It, uh, it'll be fun. So fun. Uh, I'll keep pestering them. Don't worry. So she's not going to let up. So also, speaking of Margot Robbie, I know that we didn't really talk about this uh, before we started recording, but in that same interview, 
Um, Margot Robbie uh, has bad news for the DC fans hoping for a Birds of Prey 2. She did say that there is nothing in the works right now. The quote on that says, uh, I don't know if that is on the horizon anytime soon. I don't think uh, it's a no, but no, there is no sequel in the works that I'm aware of at this stage. So what do you feel? Because we saw this movie. We had a horrible theater experience, but we came back yeah. to the film when it was on HBO Max. We watched it. We had a better time with it, although we had its, you know, uh, still has issues, still has issues with the film. But another thing, that movie was squashed by the coronavirus. Yeah, the 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 box office on it was not great. Mm-mm. And I don't think it really made what it could possibly be worth. So, yeah. Do you think it would be worth pursuing a sequel or just moving past that and then just going towards because of, you know, afterward we found out and they even did it for theatrical. They changed the title of the film. So not necessarily yeah. a Birds of Prey 2, but just go with a Harley Quinn movie. Right. Uh, I think you just you spin Harley Quinn off and you you need to get somebody new to come in. You cannot give this to Kathy Ann. And though as much as she said she would have loved to have more creative control, she still had somewhat of direction and control on this. Yeah. So I don't think it was a la butchering like Zack Snyder type shit, but it's still, you know, even the writer and I think the writer said her and Jan decided like they wanted to go with that weird choppy ass style, which I think was hurt the film very, very terribly. Um, So I don't think you would bring her back, but if you could bring somebody in, like a James Gunn to revamp, not James Gunn necessarily, but somebody like him to revamp that series with the same characters. I'd be okay with that, but I think it's just better just to let Harley Quinn do her own thing. Maybe do an actual Birds of Prey without Harley Quinn since she ditched them at the end. But I personally would prefer we don't even talk about that movie because (laughs) of how bad they fucked up Cassandra Cain. That also... And I'm kind of wondering if maybe what they could do. Uh, mm-hmm. I can't remember her name. I I know it's at the tip of my tongue, but uh, the writer and director of uh, a what is it? Promising young women or oh yeah, the one that's doing Zatanna. The, yeah, the one that's doing Zatanna. I wonder if that is somewhat of a uh, test run mm-hmm. to see. Hey, if this goes well, maybe we can give her. Because, uh, what's her name? Chris, Christina Hudson. W- Hudson, the writer, is yeah. writing a lot of these DC films. Uh, yeah, she's doing Flash. She's Fizz doing one, Flash. Batgirl. She did. Yeah, she has written a lot, and she did uh, uh, Transformers, which was really good. Yeah, that Transformers was, a really good one. was really fun. I really, I really did like that one. Bumblebee, but, not all of the other ones. Yes, but. yes, but the the last one it wasn't a big hit, so maybe this other woman, this other writer can do a Harley Quinn movie afterward. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be very interesting to see. Um, But, you know, I I was really rooting because this is the one thing we've mentioned. I've at least mentioned it on the podcast before that it's really unfortunate that when 
men like bomb in the box office it's whatever but when a woman bombs at the box office like see told you she shouldn't be writing comic book movies she shouldn't be directing comic book movies and it's just like holy shit like really so it's like we had patty jenkins who fucking destroyed with wonder woman yeah and then i wish her movie would have came out way before covid when it should have and then we could have really saw what wonder woman could have done instead of being this weird experimental like you know the second wonder woman yeah um but then we it was because we would have patty jenkins twice so she could have possibly killed it twice and then we would have had a yawn but it was like good then really bad and it's just like ah oh, that fucking yeah, sucks that's true. And, and it's unfortunate that both of the the only two female directors out of um out of the dc movies both two of their movies came out during covid so mm-hmm. it's just like come on um, and maybe that's why they haven't given the directing reins to the to that chick that's doing Zatanna. Maybe because they're like, oh, we're going to hold back real quick. We'll see what you write. And then maybe maybe you'll direct, which would be unfortunate. But let's act. That's not it, that's Hollywood. Hollywood is very fickle. When yeah. It comes and, to kind of and you know, we've we've seen recently uh, the the old Hollywood, quote unquote, ways of of how they treat actors directors yeah. movies whatever so uh so yeah i i think with with birds of prey too i say leave it at the front door and move towards harley quinn now i'm not saying you can you have to let go of smollett or any of the no. other characters you need to re you don't i don't think you need to recast them you need to redo their costumes though yes you basically reboot Birds of Prey immediately after the first one. Yeah, yeah. But use the same actors. Just easy as that. For sure. Just like they're doing with Suicide Squad. Yeah. Easily. Like, you can... Because I hardly doubt that Gunn is going to reference Suicide Squad at all. Like, he's just going to do a Suicide Squad movie his way. Yeah. Um, And that's what you could do here. Same actors, but they actually have costumes and shit. And then, you know, let them do what they're going to do. Um, but anyways, moving on. And speaking of Suicide Squad, terrible transition. But we got the reason why it's getting an R rating. They dropped that recently. And uh, according to this disclaimer for the rating, it says strong violence and gore, language throughout, some sexual sexual references, drug use, and brief graphic nudity. Uh, I'm going to call penis. Shark is going to bite off a penis. Maybe, or we're gonna see like we're gonna see one of these. I it wouldn't be surprised if we see Jai Courtney's penis in this because he chased down. Uh, I don't know if you started that story. Ayer. You remember that? Yeah, <laughs> David Ayer. For anybody that doesn't know this, there was this story David Ayer told about, and there's photos out there too of this where Jai. Cor- I don't know why he was naked. Like I don't remember him being naked in Suicide Squad. No, he wasn't. But at all, there was this moment where Jai Courtney was naked for some reason, and he decided he was like. I'm going to go hug David Ayer. And David Ayer took off running because Jai Courtney was butt ass naked. And he was like, I ain't doing this. And there's this photo of them like running and like Jai Courtney is straight up naked. He just has like um, this like crazy face on. And it's, yeah, yeah, it's hilarious. And, um, so I wouldn't be surprised if that's what it is. Um, if they were to show shark penis, that would be hilarious. No, not shark penis. I think that King Shark is going to yeah, I mean, bite he off could. a penis. But but I also think just because of that dick joke, like just to like he's he's not gonna eat a dick, but like yeah. just to reference the conversation again, 
Yeah. I think it might be Peacekeeper. Like, either yeah. cutting off a dick or, like, shooting a dick. And he's like, yeah. look, there's your first dick on the island. And, he, like, he says something about it. Like, yeah. Or Polka Dot Man can make a bunch of dicks. Like, make a bunch of dildos or something like that. <laughs> since he transforms everything. Can you imagine him just throwing a bunch of dildos at somebody? Like, you know, ah, you're getting killed by dildos. Like, like that. That would be hilarious. Like, I think that would be great. Um, so it'd be interesting to see. Uh, but the brief nudity could also be, I think they're in a club in the trailer. So it could be a strip club. Oh, yeah. That's true. So it could easily be that. Uh, but yeah, that'll be interesting. Uh, other movie news, uh, before we get to the, I think the Flash news has a little bit more interesting news. But these are kind of inter- intertwined. But Jeffrey Dean Morgan is still holding out hope to be Flashpoint Batman. Although, as far as we know, he is not tied to this movie at all. He's not tied to the Flash at all. We just know there's going to be two Batman, which is supposed to be Affleck and also, um, which was confirmed to be Keaton. But he says that he has about max a five-year window until he's too old. Um, I've been, I caught up on The Walking Dead. Still looks pretty great there. Um, but yeah, for him to be able to get into the shape he would want to and do all of that stuff to be Flashpoint Batman, he says he's got about a three to five year window. I could definitely see that because I mean, even even with look at the prime example, Hugh Jackman, he said mm-hmm. he hated always getting in shape. And yeah. I think Jackman and Morgan are pretty close in in age. Yeah, um, so I could totally see why Morgan would be like, "Hey, after that time, I'm not doing it," you know. Yeah, but also, I believe I can't remember which uh, actor or actress that is, you know, a part of Flashpoint. Apparently, they posted a fan art that mm-hmm. included Flashpoint Batman, and Ooh. they were. Uh, told to take it down or it was since deleted or whatnot. So people are speculating that it could possibly still be a thing. Yeah. But there was a lot of flashpoint posters back in the day too. Mm-hmm. So yeah. she could have easily just get sent one of those. Yeah. Like, I, I think that it's, it's very popular for anybody to Photoshop Morgan in a Batman costume. I mean, yeah. I, the ones that I've seen look phenomenal. For sure. And it could just be one of those things that's like, hey, this has Flashpoint on it, so I'm going to post it because I'm a part of that movie. Whether it be a female actress or actor or whatever, you know, they just yeah. like this art. And they're like, hey, look at this. And then yeah. somebody from the studio was like, hey, you, you cannot post that. It has this actor in it. Like, take it out. Yeah. You know? So yeah. I, a little part of me wants to say, hey, maybe they'll do it. Yeah. But I'm I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know, because I would assume that right now, Walking Dead is probably filming its final season. So mm-hmm. there's no way that he would be able to record both. Because like they had to do that whole, for anybody that doesn't know, The Walking Dead had to go to this weird like six special episode season ending kind of thing recently. And it was basically a bunch of one shots, which was interesting, though. They were good, good watches, in my opinion. And you could tell that, like, all right, they were shooting this during COVID. Yeah, because there wasn't a lot. And they what they there because there was in the Negan special, they wanted one particular character to make it comic book accurate. But he's on another show right now. 
And they were like, there was no way we could get him from that show to our show and be safe. Yeah, so that's why you, we had you to have to like freaking quarantine, quarantine for two weeks or whatever. Yeah, um, I I totally see that. Like, even I believe, oh shoot, what is his name? Uh, John John something uh, played the Riddler in Batman animated series. He played Lionel Luther oh. in Smallville. Uh, oh yeah, I know who you're talking about. But I forget. He's got a part in Fear the Walking Dead, which I didn't mm-hmm. know this. Films in Austin, Texas. Oh, you didn't know that? No. Yeah. No, I, I think that's where they're currently at, like, in the story, too. Yeah. Like, they're in Texas. Yeah, so he he was freaking in Austin, uh, like, yeah. three months ago. And he was he shared his experience and, like, how to freaking film, like, during COVID and how everybody yeah. was having masks, like, during the takes and everything. Uh, mm-hmm. So I totally understand, like, why they weren't able to do the things that they were wanting to do. Yeah, but yeah, I I I would have said, oh, that'd be easy. You know, there's actors that freaking film three movies at a time and they just have a really crazy schedule. But due to covid and the precautions that we now have, it is basically impossible. Yeah, so it's unfortunate. Um, One thing I didn't write down here, but we can mention real quickly. uh, The UK is getting Suicide Squad a week early. Yes, I did see that as well. Yeah. So I don't know how to do this because I have one, but I never do it. I have a VPN. I'm watching this shit a, a week early if I can. <laughs> but I don't know how you do it. Because does is HBO Max in the UK yet? No. Oh, so then maybe I won't. Um, but yeah, if, if for some reason they get HBO Max before then or whatever the now, case I is. Now, I will say this isn't like something new. Because nah. uh, Aquaman, it pisses me off though. Yeah, Aquaman did it back in the day when Aquaman debuted. I'm pretty sure BVS did it as well. Uh, Wonder Woman, I know, was a week early uh, from yeah. everybody else. Uh, the the first Wonder Woman, not the second one. But mm-hmm. this isn't anything new. But I did see that they did have yeah. a debut date that was a week earlier. Than My this. thing is, I understand if the movie was filmed there to get a week early release but if it wasn't fucking filmed there it should be fucking released in america first all right like i don't care that that's elitist or whatever but suicide squad was not fucking yeah i swear to god if batman is released there a week early See, even if it's filmed there i don't give a shit <laughs> juice is gonna be like where's my plane ticket i'm going yeah no but see open that country back up right now for me i would have said oh maybe it's because of the theater experience is opening in the uk a lot faster than it is here but i have a person that i have a friend that is across the pond and apparently it's not going so great uh yeah because there's some places that have that extreme case of or strain or whatever of oh yeah the extra strain so so it's not great and if that's the case i'm sorry but i wouldn't want to force those individuals to you know try and go see this movie and possibly get sick. So yeah, I would just say, fuck it. Let's release it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, with just with America situation right now, it's apparently okay to take off your mask. I ain't one of those people. Nope. Uh, sorry. Mm-hmm. I will keep wearing my mask. I do not give a shit. Um, I, you know, usually, and from my understanding, I've seen a lot of people still wearing their mask, which I applaud my city for doing that. At least in my area, they're still doing it. And, um, you know, that's just a smart thing. I will continue doing it 
probably for the foreseeable future. I think going to cons, I will start wearing a mask if I feel like it. No, I saw a TikTok that made me like kind of dumbfounded. Mm -hmm. I haven't had, like, I haven't been sick in over a year, even with COVID, like being around. I have not been sick in over a year. And I'm like, it's got to be the mask. Like, yeah, like it's just gotta. So I'm going to wear that mask a lot longer, like just to like, and for one thing for us, uh, the area that we're in has about 1.5 million people in Mm -hmm. our, our, is it 1.5? I think it's 1.5, 1.5 million people in the city that we're in. I told my wife, I am not going outside without a mask in the current area that I'm in. So even like just because I live technically a little bit outside the city, I wouldn't go outside without a mask until at least two thirds is vaccinated. And our city puts those numbers out right now. Two thirds is not vaccinated. So I'm just like, yeah, "Eh, yeah, no, no. Still wear my mask. I, I go for my daily walks without a mask, but I don't go to stores or anything without a mask. Yeah. So, cause it's outdoors. And when I see somebody, like I'll go across the street, like I'll get away from them. I'm mm-hmm. still very cautious about it because the one thing I may be vaccinated, but I have not met anybody or heard reports of people that have gotten COVID post vaccine yeah. and how bad it is. Yeah. So I'm just like, I don't want to be the first one to test that out. And so, also without like actually seeing your vaccination card, you don't know who the hell has been vaccinated or not and people are like like letting go of their mask requirements and they're like hey if you are fully vaccinated you can come into our store without a mask and i'm like how do you tell like yeah you you, you, yeah it's just uh it's the only safe way of doing that in the future is going to be flying because they're supposed to require that for traveling which will be interesting but anyways um now next on to the next bit of news that we have uh the Flash movie, there was a video that came out of what looks to be Wayne Manor, and there's a lot of smoke around it. This could be the moment from Flashpoint where he goes back in time. Yeah. There's a lot of smoke, and he arrives at Wayne Manor and probably gets his ass kicked by Michael Keaton. Now, this isn't the actual mansion that was used in 89, but it's pretty no. darn close to it. Uh, And I went back, just sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I went back to watch the Batman trailer and there's no Wayne Manor in there because I wanted to be like, oh, is it the same one? (laughs) That would be awesome. Yeah, Uh, so I didn't see anything though. But it's not the exact same one, from, but from what people have said online that it's pretty close to what the old one did look like. Um, And there is somebody that was in like some sort of cloak or cape or something uh, but the pictures were too far away and it was too pixelated to see any type of face. Um, yeah. I feel like WB is going to play this movie very close to the chest in mm-hmm. case there is any crazy cameos. Uh, I don't know if WB is using the same type of technology that Disney has been using, a la The Mandalorian, using the... Um, shoot, I forgot what the the actual name of it was called but that weird ass room yeah, like 3d yeah like the, sort of sphere kind of thing yeah yeah uh using that kind of technology to film stuff it doesn't look like it since they're on like set or they're on yeah. location for some stuff 
So for me, I need to see Urza Miller and I need to see Michael Keaton. Like, yeah, this movie has like, guys, this movie has been in production for years. Yeah for years and it's just like i don't know if this is legitimately the flash movie until i see one of those i want to see their costumes um that's really what i want to see i want to see flash's new costume or if it's still going to be the costume from snyder Mm -hmm. because it looks different in the drawing the concept art it does look different. did i tell you about the reddit post that i read for the dceu leaks or whatever i went on this page just uh-huh. to kind of see what people were talking about recently. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, okay, I'm going to set notifications for this page. And I got this notification. I went ahead and looked in it. And the people on this page are freaking hilarious. There's legit a guy that, that said, hey, I may seem like a normal person on Reddit, but I swear to you, I have information. Ask me anything. Oh, I think you mentioned this like two podcasts ago oh, did or something I? like that. Did he? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Because this person uh i went ahead and read the comments i was like there's no way people can fall for this and people mm-hmm. were just asking questions was like how how and so people were asking he's like oh well uh keaton's bat suit is going to be more high tech um the villains of the movie are all going to be from keaton's uh world and they're all going to be keaton's villains mm-hmm. uh, which if that's they're true dead, but okay if that's true i don't know if I like that because we haven't seen anybody other than Penguin and the Joker and they're yeah. both dead. So, yeah. <laughs> so there's that. And then uh, no news on the flash suit or whatever. And, you know, people were saying whether Ben Affleck is going to have a bigger role or not. So mm-hmm. again, all rumors, just some random dude on Reddit, but I am still like, as much as I joke about like, Hey, I need to see these two to really tell me that this is actually a flash movie. I'm really excited about this movie. I'm really excited about this movie because it can hold a lot for possibly a like legitimate timeline for a DCEU movie timeline, you know? Yeah. WB says they want to do it the Marvel way and, and, and make a set example for what they are going to be moving forward with. And if they can do it, they can do it. But if this is a dumpster fire of them attempting to do it, that's what it's going to be also. So who yeah, knows? for sure. Okay, so yeah, now let's go ahead and go on to comic books where we have a whole bunch of stuff. Oh, I'm not too sure. We still got one more. One oh, more. What did I miss? Save Gotham, man. We got to save Gotham. Oh, my God. Okay, you talk about this because I, I <laughs> I recently I just, deleted I just, my Twitter. <laughs> So I, I just wanted I don't to see I just wanted to put it out there just because I know how much you've been wanting to run away from this yeah. show and it just keeps coming back and I don't know why. So yeah. I think it was 2 days ago. I have no idea why these people decided, "Hey, we're going to try to get Gotham to trend." Um and the hashtag Save Gotham trended for a full day. It did not yeah. let up. It trended for a full day and for no reason. They're just like, hey, let's just see if this can, you know, gain traction. And of course, you know, hashtags can do a bunch of things. Uh, yeah. Of course, there's the famous uh, res- uh, freaking uh, release the Snyder Cut. 
I was going to say yeah. the Snyderverse, restore the Snyderverse. The that shit ain't happening. Sonic bullying. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, all of that. And I don't know what fans are expecting from this because the show ended. It wasn't canceled. It yeah. ended. So yeah. they, it's, it's, they tied it up in a bow and they're just like, hey, here you go. Especially when WB gave the keys to Matt Reeves to create his own Gotham-esque show on HBO Max. Yeah. I'm sorry. Like, that's what you're getting. And it's probably going to be a lot better production-wise, oh, yeah. acting-wise. Like, it's going to be so much better. Like, yeah. so I just wanted to name, throw this out there just, of course, to, to press your buttons a little bit. But I just thought it was weirdly interesting that a whole bunch of people were able to make a trend for a whole day. Yeah. The only way that could have been worse uh, hearing that is if you said that the person reporting it was my arch enemy. Like, that's the only way it could have been worse. And I was just like, oh, my God. Um, yeah, I'm, I got them as trash like i just can't it's funny and it, i can't even speak bad about it or people are like oh, oh my god you're like no i'm just like oh, i don't want to talk about it bro like <laughs> if it ended at season three i would be telling you dude that show could have been something it could have been like really awesome because i think season three had the perfect way to end it and then they somehow got season four and they're like fuck whoa oh, shit <laughs> what do we whoa, do what the fuck yeah what do we do <laughs> and um yeah because season four and five like one through three was still kind of messy but it seemed like they knew where they were going and then they were like all right we're not getting past season three people aren't watching this enough and then they were like oh you guys got a season four and they're like oh fuck <laughs> so yeah it just it went to shit um and that's kind of when i stopped i started hating the show too and the thing is i mentioned this to people i didn't want to talk about fucking gotham uh i mentioned this every time like when i started hating gotham i was it was also like a weird point in my life where i was going through shit so like it was just i realized at that point when i was going through all this other bullshit in life i was like i don't really like what i do on youtube and i was like it's the same repetitive bullshit every week and it's not creative and like anybody that's met me knows like i'm very creative with the shit i do and if I feel like I'm doing the same thing, I worked with Clay for a, over a year at this one job. And I told him every day, I was like, dude, I fucking hate this job. It's the same thing over and over. He did. Yeah. And that's how reviews felt. And I was just like, this is the same fucking bullshit over and over. And uh, I just, I hated it. And that's why I stopped. And then it's, I also started realizing much like I started realizing with the CW shows. I was like, it's the same fucking stories. And like it, they're not great. Like, you know what I mean? And then you throw out, you know, I see all this other shit on HBO and we, you know, we started getting the, the Netflix shows around that time were coming out. I was like, why don't we get this? Like, this is amazing. Um, and so, yeah, it was just like, it, it made no sense to me. And I have always been somebody that like, I have no problem going back and correcting myself. Like I still love BBS because it gave me the Batman I wanted. But when it came out, I was like, BVS is a 12 out of 10, guys, 12 out of 10. And now for me, it's more like an eight or nine. I still give it a high rating because I loved it. But I like super overshot in my initial opinion of it. Oh, yeah. No, we, we've said this time and time again. It's going to be very hard to surpass the warehouse scene. But yeah, even with the trailer of freaking uh, Robert Pattinson's The Batman, 
Yeah. There might be a fucking scene in there that could equal Ben Affleck's Batman. So, yeah, we will see for sure. Yeah, we'll definitely see. And shit, we could probably get it on the show. Yeah. Like, you know, um, so who knows? But anyways, that was a weird little tangent you had to throw us on play. (laughs) Um, But what comic book do you want to like out of all of these comic books? We'll save Rorschach for last. But like out of any of these, did you were you surprised by any of them? Did you absolutely hate one of them? So I well, I feel like we talk about it most of the time with on the show. Now, you always joke that this is going to turn into a manga podcast. Mm-hmm. But I think we should jump into future state because okay. for one thing, I kept hearing from multiple different people, very polarizing things on this book. Oh, it was trash. Oh, it wasn't good. Other people saying, oh, man, that was fun. That was great. It was something different. And we have the same, for for me anyway, I enjoyed what I read of the main story. But, oh, boy, that backup story, you know? Yeah. Uh, So Future State Gotham number one, a lot of people are saying, hey, I'm not interested in this book because I'm already done with Future State. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Future State is far behind us, and there's no need to really go back because right now with Infinite Frontier, it is jumping back to where we were with Death Metal, moving forward to possibly see if any of these futures come to pass, you know? Yeah. So here, yeah, you can technically say, hey, there's a possibility of Future State Gotham still being a thing, and I'm sorry about my dog, but <laughs> they were still able to make this interesting. For one, this did not feel like Williamson writing. And I will say no. Williamson has brought his game up since writing Gotham. I mean, Gotham, uh, Robin. Yeah. He has been a much better writer. I think more so is because he's been able to do something a little bit different other than flash, which has been helping him a lot. This story with red hood, he is joining peacekeeper three in you know trying to find this new batman but it doesn't necessarily leave off where we had left off his story in his future state stories when we were reading future state yeah it's a little bit after but somehow feels like it's a little bit before it's really weird in that way um because even ravager the story with ravager she apparently walked away Mm -hmm. and here he is like he gets a whole new costume change here. He actually gets like an actual peacekeeper type outfit, which yeah, I he's peacekeeper red. Yeah, peacekeeper red. I I do enjoy it. Um, and the big uh, by the way, the book is in black and white, so we don't yeah. get to see how cool it looks. Exactly, that's something I was about to say. the The really cool thing about this is Williamson has been taking a lot of notes from manga. Uh, he mm-hmm. was a little on the nose with Robin, but here I feel like it actually works. Uh, it felt really nice. It was, you know, something different for sure. And I enjoyed it. You know, there's this whole thing with like some sort of earthquake or bomb or whatever that pretty much makes a crater in the shape of a bat symbol. And everybody assumes that it's this new Batman. Of course, we know who that new Batman is being Jace, but I'm not entirely sure that it is him. Yeah, it could be Bruce. Yeah. Because as far as all of these people know, Bruce is still missing or dead. Yep. 
So yeah, it could be Bruce, which I don't know why Bruce would do that, but yeah. And the, the newscast even says that, you know, that Batman, Bruce Wayne's Batman, they don't know it's Bruce Wayne, but Batman, the old Batman is dead Mm -hmm. Uh, because that, what was, that's what was broadcasted, you know, even in the story that uh, Tamaki was writing uh, in future state. Yeah. Here, uh, we do see that he tried to have some community, he meaning uh, Red Hood, tried to have some communication with uh, the Bat family. And they were like, oh, hell no. Like, you yeah. were working with the enemy, so you are not a part of this family anymore. Uh, so it is interesting, for sure. And I, I am curious to see how the, you know, it moves forward. I think this is a way, this is kind of what I wanted when future state was first getting started or hasn't even wasn't even released yet. I wanted mm. future state to be an alternative world or an alternative future that had multiple books being released. So that way I can say, Hey, if I want to follow this universe, if I'm getting tired of what we're doing in an infinite frontier, I can follow future state. And if I'm kind of getting tired of future state, I can go back to infinite frontier and I can have best of both worlds, you know? Yeah. Hopefully, if this starts getting traction, maybe they can do that. I yeah. I still think that DC has something here that they can do with, hey, we can do exactly what Marvel did back in the day with the ultimate line of comics. They did a uh, ultimate Marvel comics back in the day. That was when Bendis got really famous on Spider-Man. Uh that's what most of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the movies, base most of their films off of. Like, it did wonders for Marvel. And I yeah. think DC has something here that hopefully they can they can push forward. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. It's funny because, yeah, we have been talking a lot of manga lately on this podcast. And we've talked about how they need to adapt that model and as much as we may not like Williamson as of late or uh, Tynan, it does seem like they're trying to do that. They're trying to be like, hey, DC, you guys should really look at the you know Japanese market and see how they're doing it because they're kicking our ass. And if Williamson is like, dude, just let me try something like just let me try it on this book and we'll how, how it goes. Um, yeah, I, I actually enjoyed the story. I was like, oh, OK, I don't mind reading the second one. Um, so yeah, I, I would be interested, but again, I don't give a shit about future state, but like this manga black and white style, I would have no problem reading this. But again, I also don't know how I would like reading that in comic book, like size. Like, I don't mind these little, I'm holding a manga at the moment, but like, I don't mind this size reading this black and white, you know what I mean? But holding a big one with all black and white, I'm like, I don't know if I'd like well, it. Well, here's the difference. Something that is a big difference from what we would see in a normal, let's say, Batman black and white, which would we have been getting. And I'm pretty sure we're getting the last issue of that pretty soon. Uh, compared to Gotham, this book that we're reading now, is yeah. in Batman black and white, those are hard inks. Those mm -hmm. are black, white in a shade of black here is the traditional manga with the shade of gray yeah that is something that real that was noticeable for me i'm in a in a manga chat uh with some friends of mine that was one of the big things that we noticed when we 
started to read this book is that they yeah. legitimately made it more manga-esque in that way. So I do appreciate that. But you are right. If I'm going to read this book, I'm only going to read this book. Like if if I'm going to go back to this book, should I say, if I'm going to go yeah. back to this book, I'm only going to go back to this book when it's in trade. Yeah. And I'm not going to go buy the floppies for it. And that's unfortunate because I know that's going to really push whether they move forward with this story. Yeah. But the trade weight is the way of the future. Like we, mm-hmm. we just recently talked about it with the sales of manga. You know, these books are selling 200, 300, 100,000 copies of volume easily. Yeah. And that's just the way the future of comics needs to go. Yeah, I'm very curious on if you have to change the model of payment too. like, hey, we're going to pay you per series now. You know what I mean? And like, maybe you don't get your next job until depending on how well that series goes. You know what I mean? Like kind of like how movies do it. Like, hey, we're going to give you a six issue series and we're going to see how it sells. If it sells very well will green light your next two series, you know what I mean? Or something like that. And I think you should really get like the first, you know, we go by issues here in America, but like, yeah, every book should have like the first six issues in it. Just like there's six chapters in a manga. Like, you know what I mean? So this artist that I really do appreciate on Future State Gotham, um, he is a Greek comic artist, uh, not from America. And it, I kind of wonder whether he has a huge influence off of manga to begin with. And that's why Williamson was like, hey, I want this guy. Yeah. Um, his his work that he's done, he's done uh, Ro- Ronin Island with, I believe that's uh, with, uh, what was the writer on that? I just read, uh, Greg Pak, yeah. Uh, he so he did that. He did profit. He did uh, well. Those are his most recent ones: profit yeah. and uh, Ronan Island, uh, which were two really good books. Uh, but yeah, I I completely agree that they should they should really push this. They should keep it digital. And I I did I actually talked to some people in that manga chat who are one of them is across the pond who is more religiously like, hey, I'm only buying manga. But he, but he does enjoy both Marvel and DC. Uh, we had a pretty big discussion about this yesterday um, mm-hmm. online. And he said that the way that manga releases and the way DC could do it is the way that Shonen Jump does it through their app. Give the first three issues and or chapters the way any, I would say issues still technically yeah. um, free on the DC Universe app. So you can make an account without paying. And you can read the first three issues. Yeah. But after that, you cannot read anything until you subscribe to that app. Now, yeah. I thought, hey, $7 is still a really good like amount if you're getting every title for the month for free, brand new titles that are coming out weekly. I think that's a good enough payment, $7 a month. And then, you know, yeah, it doesn't say that I promise that I buy the trade, but you're still getting $7 a month from millions of people, you know, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. 
But I think that's why you push it that way. Like you definitely have to like get all of your marketing team to be like, Hey, we're making this change. We have to sell this as good as Shonen has done with their audience, you know? Uh, And they're like, well, $7 is kind of much. So maybe they can lower it. I think it's great. If Marvel wants to do it, they would have to lower it because right now Marvel unlimited their app is $10 a month. Yeah. That's too much. Yeah. That's, that's as much as a streaming service. Like yeah. that's ridiculous. Um, but yeah, anyways. Uh, so at the end of this book, there is a other story called the third mask, which I agree with you. You told me this outside of the podcast makes no sense. And we don't even really need to talk about it. Cause it's, it's, it's not a good story, but what I thought was interesting was the creator of this. And I might butcher the name. It's Katsuhiro. Otomo. Om- Otomo. Yeah. Is the creator of Akira. Yeah, which is one of the most iconic, you know, mangas of all time or whatever. Um, anime is it both? Um, but yeah, so that means DC has reached out to manga creators or people that have worked in the Japanese market to be like, hey, you want to come, you know, write something for us? Yeah, and uh, I thought that was interesting. The book itself was not great, though. Yeah, the story itself was not great. Um, I feel like he he probably could have had something it's just again because it's a backup you only have eight pages yeah even the smallest amount of chapters because the by the time we're recording uh sunday new chapters for manga came out today um even my hero academia had a short chapter because they're in the middle of this big event Mm. 15 pages so even the shorter of what you know would consider a short chapter in manga this was even shorter than that so he yeah. didn't have much room to work with from what he probably is used to. So I can understand why it was probably chopped up the way that it was. Um, but it is, like you said, interesting that they are reaching out to a medium that they know is popular. And they're like, yeah. hey, maybe this can sell by the name by itself. And maybe it does, especially with the the look of how Future State Gotham is. You know, like we said, black and white, traditional manga. So yeah. interesting for sure. Yeah, um, so I guess sticking with Red Hood, let's just go to Batman Urban. Um, what what do you think of this story? Like, I don't really care anymore. <laughs> I have heard that from this issue as well. Um, it kind of fell flat. And I think more so because there really wasn't much story to this at all. It was yeah. more so the conversation between Batman and Red Hood, bringing... Uh, Oh shoot! What is her name? Uh, Leslie, yeah, uh, Tompkins in here was a nice touch, but it's this whole thing of like, hey, we can't make him, we can't put him in the system, we can't make him another me, we can't make him another Robin, we can't definitely make him another Batman, you know? Yeah. So this, like, I I hope Chip can rescue this. Like, I mm-hmm. I know that he is a good writer. I know yep. that he is. Uh, so I do hope that, you know, next issue for sure has something that can pick this up. Um, but I still am invested. Like, I, I still want to know what they're going to do for sure. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I was, I was, you know, the kid saying, oh, I'm Blue Hood, like to Batman. And then Batman kind of just looking at him like, really? Like, yeah, like what kind of influence do you have over this kid? 
but I think more so we're supposed to really hang on the the flashbacks showing how Jason was still a troubled kid from the start. But this is unfortunately something we already know. Of course, Mm -hmm. again, you have to give Chip the benefit of the doubt because it's kind of been a while since he's been over at DC writing stories. So again, he's hitting a new audience that has probably jumped in either right at Infant Frontier or kind of in the middle of Rebirth where he wasn't really doing anything with DC. So he's reacquainting himself with some characters while also reintroducing a character to new readers. So I completely understand his vision on how he's writing this book, but also finding out that Crane didn't make his own gas and yeah. creating kind of a new, you know, a uh, canon for Scarecrow is interesting. Yeah, I did think that was interesting, especially because, like, we do often give credit too much to a lot of villains. Although I feel like with superheroes, we're just like, oh, yeah, it totally makes sense because this and that. But um, at least with somebody like Batman, you had him go training and doing all this stuff for 12 straight years or whatever. You know what I mean? Whereas a lot of villains just get introduced like, yeah, I'm a psychologist, but I also fucking have millions of bachelors in chemistry and shit. So, yeah, I thought it was interesting because at least they made the character that is now a part of, you know, Scarecrow's origin uh, sympathetic. Like they're just like she was like why would I want to be associated with this maniac? You know what I mean? She's yeah. like, I destroyed my life's work or whatever. And um, so I thought that was kind of interesting, but you know, the, I think the reason why I soured on the story was because again, it was another Batman and red hood. Don't get along just mm-hmm. like Robin and Damien. I mean, Damien and Be- Bruce don't get along. Yeah. And I'm like, I read it a million times. So, yeah. you know, it is what it is, but yeah, I hope Zdarsky, uh does kind of revamp it or bring it back. And maybe there's a bigger thing that he just needs to use this. Cause I do feel like a lot of series do have like a lull uh, issue majority of the time. And maybe this was just the lull one. And then yeah. it'll pick back up in the next issue. It does end with Mr. Freeze, but I was like, like it wasn't really super yeah, and, big into that. And I know it's his costume, but even with this art, when he, when he freezes red hood, I just look at Red Hood, that that literally frozen Red Hood, and I'm just like, yeah. Mortal Kombat. Yeah, I hate this outfit. The outfit sucks. He needs to I, go back to the old the He needs old to outfit. go, like, either he needs to get a revamp on the helmet, because even the helmet in Future State looks pretty cool. Yeah. But it but it's a little bit more based off of his old design. For sure. Like I would I would like to go back to some sort of helmet and not just a mask. Yeah. Yeah, because technically Red Hood was never really a Red Hood. You know what I mean? Like, it was a more of a helmet. It yeah. was a red helmet. Uh, he was just called the Red Hood. But, um, yeah, I think the the whoever designed his current stuff was like, well, he's the Red Hood. He should have a red hoodie. And I'm like, no. <laughs> that, no. that just sounds like something like some random kid in high school was like, oh, yeah, he's the yeah. Red Hood. And all edgy heroes or vigilantes have you know a sweatshirt and he's gonna have a yeah. hoodie on yeah so like i was just like uh no thanks um but i guess since we just talked about zadarsky because we don't cover any of the other books in that urban legend stuff um you want to talk about last ride because i only read the last few pages of it so this book has a lot of people fucking confused uh, <laughs> uh and the reason why is there's no real way to show where in continuity this book is 
I assumed because it was supposed to debut as a digital first, this book was going to be outside of continuity. So there's nothing really going on as far as importance in the issue. Yeah. But there is a reference to something that was created in continuity. So people are still confused of like, okay, well, if that's a thing here, it must be, you know, canon. That thing being, they do mention the uh, uh, United Planets, which is something that Bendis created in his Superman run. Uh, I don't know. Like, it's it's really weird. But this book overall is a disbanded Justice League yeah. that is coming back to protect Lobo. Uh, and it's weird because the dynamic of the trio is very divided Mm -hmm. and you're getting hardcore injustice vibes here. And I'm just like, we kind of already have that. So chip don't do this. Like don't make a angry Superman. Don't make like everybody can be bad mad at at Batman because that's just Mm -hmm. what he does. He, he has contingencies. He makes decisions regardless of people's feelings and takes those into account afterward. Like this is who Batman is. So I can understand those sentiments, but just the vibes that this is giving me, it's very much injustice. Uh, but I do like seeing uh, Jessica Cruz. You know, we haven't seen her in a very long time. Uh, yeah. I think the last time anybody saw her was in a backup of Future State. Uh, and before that was... Her dying and coming back immediately. Yeah, uh, which was almost a year ago now. So, yeah absolutely crazy that they haven't used her uh but yeah uh <laughs> speaking She'll of being a million comic books when the green yeah. lantern show comes out speaking so. of speaking of hoods Kilowog is wearing a hoodie here in this book yeah uh you know and this whole idea that lobo is gonna be in this sort of like case or intergalactic uh court case or whatever yeah uh, and they have to protect him how jordan makes an appearance like it's basically exactly what the title is. It's a last ride for the justice league. They need to protect them. And the main reason is that they want to, Hal Jordan wants to make earth's moon, the base for the new green lantern core. And with that, they would subsequently make earth under their protection. So any on all heroes, could basically retire if they wanted to. Yeah. And Clark, as somebody who wants to have somewhat of a normal life with his family, is kind of considering it. He's like, hey, that sounds great, you know? Uh, Batman, of course, who is somebody who is very obsessed with his work as Batman, probably doesn't want that. I mean, hell, the freaking... We always see that people need permission to do hero work in Gotham because of Batman, you know? So it ends with Superman and Batman basically getting together and saying, Hey, Hal was right. We, we need to set aside everything and we need to work together on this. Yeah. So again, and, and working together means Batman has actually already figured out like half of the plan and they have to go to apocalypse. Uh, I, like I said, I'm getting Injustice vibes, which kind of turns me off to the story. But because it's Chip, I'm going to give it a chance. I'm still going to read this every issue. 
unless it's just heart garbage by issue two. Uh, So I enjoyed it. Uh, It's Batman being Batman. (laughs) <laughs> to be completely honest yeah so i liked what what he was doing with batman in this one because it was kind of like hard-ass batman which is a nice breath of fresh air every once in a while mm-hmm. not when it's just always that kind of just batman over and over um but the one the one thing i took away from this video uh this issue was superman threw the big penny and like my thing was like i need panels of him picking it up and saying i'm sorry because like it's not going to be easy for Batman to move that shit again. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Like, he needs to pick that up. Like, if they ended this series after the last ride and Superman picks it up and he's like, hey, I'm sorry, I'll fix anything you need me to fix. Like, that would be great. <laughs> because Batman can't just pick up this fucking ton worth Massive of penny, penny or whatever. Yeah, like, it's like, Jesus. And it's funny because it's happened in the past where people are like, he's like, are y'all kidding me? Like they always fuck up the bat cave. Yeah. And it's like, dude, you know what I mean? Like Alfred's still alive at this point. So like, he'll talk to Alfred and yeah, stuff. And that's another, but, like, that's another thing with considering like where this is continuity. Alfred is still in this book. So yeah. For those. Of yeah. You so anyways, arguing about it. So that was my big takeaway was just like, I hope Superman picks up that penny. Cause that was kind of rude. <laughs> <laughs> um, but for the most part, it will just, you know, I, I'm interested to see where it goes because we haven't had a good Justice League story in fucking like years. And we're not getting one now, by the way. People. Yeah. Bendis so. is like, I even, I didn't even bother with the issue three. And I have a friend of mine that gives every book a chance. And he privately messaged me and he said, what the fuck is going on with Justice League? And I was like, yeah, I, I couldn't tell you. So. Yeah. So I have no idea there. Um, but moving on to Tom Taylor, what did you think of this second issue of the tech, the detective, the detective, this one, I felt was, a, this was better than the first issue for sure. I will say that I'd agree with that. Yeah. But we're still getting this, of course, weird story. I don't know. I don't have much history with this other character that he brings into this. Uh, uh, Picard or Descartes or whatever. Yeah, I I'm trying to look for it right now. Uh, he said that he had a history with working with him. Yeah. Uh shoot. What is his name? Uh, Descartes. Yeah. He's yeah. a criminal, apparently. Batman taught him what he knows. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. I'm just wondering, is this a black label book? I don't know. I don't think so. It's not. Okay. Uh, like I'm not seeing any like harsh violence or any like cursing or anything, but the fact that like one dude was shot in the head and then Descartes was that's just, age is thirteen. Okay, so it is so it does say thirteen plus on the cover, which they have been doing a lot lately. And I wonder if I mean we do have that Joker Suicide Squad black label book coming yeah. out. But like I wonder if because those sold so well, they're just like, hey, let's just put 13 plus on every single one of our books from now on. Yeah. You know, to see Maybe. if people would like gravitate towards it a little bit more because like, oh, mm-hmm. it's going to be a little edgier, you know, but somebody gets shot in the head and then Descartes gets gunned down uh, and there's like a little play on like shadows and everything. You think it's Batman, but it's not. It's this other uh, team of Batman or Bat people. Uh, yeah. The leader's a woman. Yeah that is killing people that Batman saved. And the guy that Batman actually captured um, was technically saved by Batman last minute. And that's the reason why they kill him. 
Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, shit. Like, Yeah, because in issue one, we found out the reason why all these people are dying is it's everybody that Batman's ever saved. Yeah. They want to kill them. So, which is an, a different story, which I think is pretty interesting. So, I, like, I agree with you. This was better than the first issue. But I already have a bad feeling that whoever this woman is, is somebody that knows Batman really well. And... I am going to hate if it's Talia because we've had that happen a million times and or somebody like Cassandra Cain. I was literally about to say Cassandra. Like that. Yeah. So if it turns out to be that, I'll be like, I don't care anymore. Um, because you have to be super knowledgeable about Batman to know about everybody he's ever saved. Yeah. So, yeah. And Batman's very like critical with his notes and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, if you had access to the Batcave, you could be somebody that got all that information. And then, of course, Batman probably did something to piss this person off or kicked him out of the Bat family or something like that. And they want the revenge. Uh, the white suits turn me off. I don't like them. I think, well, whenever I think of the white suit, I always think of the. Uh... Snow well, suits? Yeah, the snow suits. Uh, yeah, I've never liked those. You never liked the snow suits? Like the all whites? No, I've never been a fan of them. Oh, but man, I, I, I like when like Batman them. is in his bat suit in the snow, but not the white one. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. Tony Daniels did that that oh, yeah, snow for, issue. For, you know, for, amazing. Uh, KG Beast. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I mean I thought that was cool. Again, yeah, this is better than the second one, but I don't. There's something shady going on with Squire and what's her name? I think because oh, you think so? yeah, because Batman was questioning like why did she pick you? And that was something else that like it, it was kind of bothering me that like how harsh she was like I'm like why do you pick all the Robins that you pick? Yeah, like so what like oh because her family didn't die or mm -hmm. oh like we we learned that she is an orphan. So yeah, that should be good enough for you, Bruce. Like, Jesus. Yeah, he's very skeptical, but I'm very curious if he's going to find out that maybe that chick is the villain. Squire, not Squire, but oh, uh, Knight or whatever. Yeah, that would be interesting. They're different. There's different skin tones, but she could be working for Th them. That That is true. But also one thing that made me because. Even if you if you picture Talia in your head under this cowl, all the dialogue fits. Yeah, one hundred percent. Especially mm -hmm. at the very end when they are shooting Descard, and they're like, "Oh, he's here." She says, "He always saves them." I'm like, yeah. "Oh, that's something Talia would say. That's something yeah. Talia would totally say." So, and she could be hella young still because of the Lazarus pit. Yep. So. Because, you know, this person does, doesn't, we don't have to know who they are, but, you know, they look very fit and stuff. So, yeah, they could easily be just Talia. All right. We got two books left. Like I said, we'll end with Rorschach, but Joker, three issues in. What's your take on it? I want to like this book. I do. Because, like, for one, this isn't a Joker book. Yeah. This is a Gordon book. And they yeah. have Joker on the cover so that way it can sell. Like that's that's one hundred percent this what this book is. Uh, so I don't like it for that reason, but like this whole thing, getting to know Gordon a little bit more in 
the decision that he's ultimately trying to make on whether he will kill the Joker or not. Uh, you know, we get the call back to uh, the killing joke, the killing joke. And like Gillian Mart's art is good. I, I, I do like the art yeah. for sure. But we, we get this whole thing uh, like these people are helping Gordon. Right. And they're like, hey, here's a credit card. Do whatever you want. And he's like, well, I could just take the money and run. I'm like, that's not Gordon at all. Like what, what, yeah. like there's some dialogue in here that I just don't like. Mm-hmm. And it's just part of Tynan's problem because I feel like he's trying too many different genres with his Batman run. And now this, that it's just, it's messing with his writing Yeah, because he is killing it in his indie stuff right now. Yeah, stuff was, I don't I haven't kept up with it recently, but I read the first couple of issues with the other stuff and I was like, oh, this is good. Well, uh, I think something is killing the children like mm-hmm. uh, had some really big news recently, like with sales. And it mm-hmm. was like like passing expectations for Boom yeah. Studios. So like huh. it's so crazy that he can do so well in indie stuff. But it's the same thing with Snyder, with with uh, Scott, yeah. you know, he kills it in the indie. And then when he comes to DC, it's subpar nowadays, yeah. you know? So I don't know. It, it's, it's, eh, it's, it's rough. Yeah. I, I'm enjoying, I enjoy, I will say I enjoy this more than the Batman run at the moment, yes. but he did again. Like I, I think I've just at a point in my life where I'm like, I've seen it. I've read it. Like, I don't care and it we're the third book into i don't know how many issues this is going to be but this is only the third issue uh and we are having joker team up with gordon yeah they're gonna have to team up together and i'm just like i don't care like i don't want to see him fight with joker to possibly you know fend him off if tynan were in the next issue to have him and Gordon, like him and Joker fighting all these people, and then Gordon blows his brains out, I'll be like, ooh! Like, it would, it would, because de- then I'm like, where do you go from here? Like, does does this turn into a Batman goes after Gordon story now? Like. But also, the only thing that, that prevents that from happening is the fucking Joker title, which this is not a Joker yeah. book. Like, that is yeah, the one problem that I have with DC and I will always say it. I know this is the Batman podcast and we enjoy Batman. Juice has really made me appreciate Batman a lot more than I used to. Yeah, I will say that. But the one thing that I do not agree with the way DC sells things is like, Hey, nothing will sell unless Batman is a part of it. Yeah. And that is not true. Like, I'm sorry. The only reason why it does is because you've, pushed it into people's brains that that is the only way to go yeah they're like hey batman is the only thing that sells and it's like the only thing you're pushing is batman so of course it sells if you don't market anything else nothing else will sell yeah again another like like the idea of the shonen jump if you give people the first issue for free or whatever you know you might pick up sales so it is what it is i feel like we can talk about tynan for years um but let's go to a writer i actually like um and that is tom king uh again this is rorschach we just covered tom king stuff just because well i like tom king and uh <laughs> and rorschach this is number eight i this is this is the interesting thing here 
we talked about the last time we talked about Rorschach. It was Tom King's love letter to Frank Miller. Like we said that that kind of took us out of the story just because it was so like jarring. Yeah. The story was good. It's just that the addition of Frank Miller was really weird. And this one, I will say at first, I was like, I don't know if I'm liking this issue. It dragged in the beginning. Yes. So so what's happening in this issue is our current detective, our main character, has three separate people, and we have to read three separate stories on every page. And all of these people have had some kind of connection to uh, Laura, I believe her name is, mm-hmm. and Myers, which is the Rorschach character in this. And they're all giving their own separate um, stories of how they know them or how they met them. And so it goes on for a while, and I was like, man, I don't know if I'm liking this. Um, and honestly, it, they they talk about how they planned the murder of Tully, I believe, and they built this thing on a ranch, and it's this whole thing surrounding this ranch, and they all talked about how, like, yeah, they're just normal people and blah, 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 and this and that. And they all sh- they were like, yes, we shot guns, but, like, who doesn't shoot guns? It's America. You know Especially because I, mean? kind of I like think, what, were they in Arizona or were they in? I, I don't remember the I, state. I can't remember if it was New Mexico, Arizona, or Colorado. It was one of those three. Uh, yeah. But, but go ahead. Yeah. 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 So um, they're just kind of telling their stories and they're like, look, nothing happened. And we noticed that all of the characters, and this really threw me off at the start, but towards the ending, you're like, oh, okay, I get it. All of the guys have been beaten up. Yeah. Like they have the shit kicked out of them. And I'm just like, why are they bleeding? Like, did the cops beat them up or what's going on? Well, as the story goes on, there's like this one brief break in the moment where the guy's like, just gets up and he goes and punches all of them. And he's like, you can continue your story. And they continue the story and we get to the end and they're like, he's all, I don't believe it. He was all, you did not have to meet this person in person. Because that was the biggest thing in their stories. Everyone was like, I had to go work for him or I had to go meet him on this ranch. Like, And the guy was like, no, you fucking didn't. And these you three could people, do- one, one thing I do want to add, these three people, one of them was the lawyer. Yeah. One of them was a counselor, psychiatrist. Yeah. And then the last was a family friend that yeah, because, like because he is an older gentleman, he usually helped with like moving things around his apartment and stuff like that. So that is why the third individual is there. Yeah. So at the very least, maybe they paid him a little bit more than usual to have him go to another state to help him out. For sure. But the other two did not need to go out there for sure. Yeah. Especially when you think that you have other clients Yes. You know what I mean? That so that was kind of weird. So the the detectives like this was all unnecessary. There's no way you guys would go out there and there's no way and this and that. And so he punches them again and it goes to this three panel tier of just just the characters all black right black uh black backgrounds and they say, "Oh, it's you. I've been waiting for you." And we find out that they have all made these stories up or they've been trained to tell these stories a particular way and you see the detective talking to another what i'm assuming is another detective and he's just talking about he was like it's all planned he was all it was meant to go down like this they're trained they were in on it from the start yeah and there is this one scene um where since we saw like the whole last issue was frank miller telling his side of the story 
and we see the cops because that ended what we thought maybe he got killed or something at the end but the cops actually took in frank miller who was wearing a rorschach mask and it paid homage to the watchman movie if you saw this in Zack snyder's run or i believe it also happens in alan moore's run too where they rip off rorschach's mask he's like give me back my face yeah like you know frank miller does that and it's just this very comical frank miller like screaming face um that one wasn't as jarring as the last issue because yeah. the last issue was all about him yeah um so yeah so we get this whole interesting thing where now you're just like how deep does this go and that's what got me back into the story because at first yeah i agree it kind of drug i was like i've never been a big fan of hearing multiple stories for a long period of time yeah um like when when Two-Face does the dual personality thing, like I'm just like, oh. like you hear Harvey Dent and you hear Two-Face. Like if you do it for a page or two, I'm cool. But if you do your whole book like that, I hate yeah, it. Yeah, it, it, it gets very repetitive. Yeah. So we had three different stories. Oh, go for it. Well, I was going to say here, like the one thing that really got the detective to notice something is that he even says like your stories are so identical with only a few minor details changing. Yeah. Like you can't think I'm that stupid. Yeah. You know, and I didn't really catch it because it was supposed to be three different instances, but the fact, and they're, they're even told out of order. If you've noticed, because Mm -hmm. one individual was actually meeting with the last guy. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was the lawyer met with the the handyman. I think when he was uh, first entering the house. Yeah, 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 yeah. I agree. Yeah, yeah that's so true. they Tom King was able to write like little hints in that way. That is very interesting. I I do like that. Yeah, he color coded each person's story too. Yeah. So there are things that make. Or I should it, say the artist, not yeah. Tom King. There are things that kind of make it worth it. But yeah. again, it's just, there's a lot of dialogue. Yeah. And for me, I know you can make fun of me all you want. But when I read a comic, I'm not there for the dialogue bubbles. I'm there for the art and I'm there for the story. I'm not there for, I don't want to stay on one page for 15 minutes reading. Like that is yeah. not my thing. So I I did enjoy it by the end because it does... Again, like Tom King has always wanted with every single one of his issues, it tells one story. Yeah. But it all it always connects to the overall narrative. So yeah. I do enjoy that for sure. Yeah, no, and that's what I was because like when I was reading this, I, I read this like an hour or two before the podcast, and I was like, oh man, this is a really long read. Um, and that was kind of unfortunate, but it's it's like Vince McMahon always said, man, it's how you leave them in the end. Yeah. And at the end of this, I was like, oh, fuck. I was like, damn, Tom King. Like, I thought I was going to have to badmouth you in this episode. But no, you actually <laughs> got me interested in the story at the end. And I think that's the big thing. And again, this could be the lull issue. You know what I mean? Like I just said, um, there when you have these long series, there's always... It's very rare that you just knock out 12 issues and they're all fantastic you know what i mean um tom taylor does it really well usually fails unfortunately on the endings uh but you know it's very rare that you're able to do like all these great things but yeah i thought this was awesome 
again, I will have to go with your the one thing you've said about this in a while, just because I feel like these I feel like they've been delayed without me even knowing that they've been delayed. But I want to sit down and reread these Tom King stories once they're in trades again. Yeah. Because it, it feels like it's getting longer and longer between books. Uh, especially we know Strange Adventures is bi-weekly or bi-monthly now, but I, oh, yeah, I Rorschach might have been on time, but I feel like it's been a long time since we got Batcat. Yeah, I don't it, know why. It does feel that way. Yeah. So um, because uh, originally we were getting Batcat on the first week because the first one that came out was the first of December. Yeah. And we don't get it on the first week anymore. So I just feel like that's been kind of thrown off. Um, but yeah, I want to read these stories. I want to sit down and reread them when they come out in a trade. But again, I'm enjoying it. And um, I'm excited to see. I like what I've been seeing from the little teasers of Supergirl. So I will say I'm not sure on that one yet. Ooh, yeah. As a Supergirl fan, as a Supes fan, uh, Supes family fan, uh, the art is, eh. but like, I understand where Tom King is going. So Tom King, Tom King loves to take the original stuff for these mm-hmm. comic book heroes. And he loves to spin off of that. Yeah. And he even said that like, he is taking an homage to like some of the very first stories of Supergirl. Yeah. Like she's wearing that old costume, isn't she? Yeah. She's wearing the old costume. Uh, there is a possibility. She's very white girl, it seems yes. like, in these drawings. There's a possibility that we will see the black wig instead of the, uh, the, like, just normal hair color that she uses now. Because even yeah. now, like, when she is Kara in her civilian clothing, that's her natural hair. But yeah. back in the day, she actually used to wear a black wig. So hmm. that way it would be more believable that she was related to Clark Kent. Yeah. So hmm. I don't know how I like that. <laughs> and like, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, it it does. It. it does. But like, there's although a- that doesn't really make sense because if it's your cousin, exactly, like, you know, exactly. I get that. But then there's also like the, the preview pages that King has been uh, sharing online with like her, basically her being a pirate with a sword and stuff. Like it's going to get yeah. weird. It's going to yeah. get weird um and sometimes i like weird and sometimes it just doesn't fit so i'll just have to wait until the first issue i think the reason why for me somebody who's not big into um like the i don't know a lot about superman the way i know a lot about batman Mm -hmm. um but no matter what the character is when you go into space i just think weird because space is so unknown i'm just like it's weird and i love doctor who and that is so much space and time so weird just fits with space travel. So I'm like, pirates in space? Fuck it. I don't care. Like, you and know. recently with Supergirl, uh, in recent years is like two years. Uh, Supergirl has had a lot more space adventures instead of just yeah. staying on Earth. So more people will be used to this kind of thing. And of course, like you said, it's unknown and it's especially weird in a comic book universe. So there's a reason for it to be a little bit weirder than usual. So yeah, like I said, we'll see. Yeah. The question is, will we get Supergirl sex scene? 
That's going to be the big <laughs> question because that is a Tom King trope. I doubt it. I really, Will really she do it. Yeah, I don't think, I think if anything, that would be, I'd be very surprised. Although if you were trying to bring Supergirl into a more adult sphere, because she had always been kind of like, you know, the child. Yeah. Um, That would be the thing because she is, she's an adult. Yeah. So, and granted, you don't need to do that. Like, you know, but, you know, every every writer has a trope and Tom King loves his love stories, you know, and he always wants to throw in a sex scene or, you know, some sexiness in there. So um, it'd be interesting to see what we have. But I don't think that art style would fit with that. Then again, you never know. So that would be interesting. Uh, I'm excited to read that. He, I want to say, is still working on other secret stuff that has not been announced yet. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure. So I'm curious on what that's going to be uh, in the future. Still I mean, want his, him to do Batwoman. His schedule opened up now that he's not doing uh, 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 freaking New Gods. So Yeah, yeah, that's very true. And then he was working on another show series, though. I don't know what's happening there. Um, if that got bought out or not. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm always excited to read more Tom King stuff. I hope he announces something. I still want that Booster Gold and Blue Beetle. I think that would be kind of cool. Yeah. That but, um, but yeah, for the most part, yeah, I enjoyed it. Like I said, started off kind of slow. Thought it was solid. But uh, yeah, man, that's pretty much it. There was another thing that I, I mentioned to Clay that came out this week, uh, and it did have some Batman stuff related to it. But they, DC decided, I don't know what it is, if this is a month or something like that, because I know we have the Pride issue coming out pretty soon. Yes. Um, Pride number one. But Next we week, got... Actually. Yeah, we got, it's called what, the Festival of Heroes, uh, my preview is trying to upload right now, but it's the Festival of Heroes, Asian something, it's, Asian heroes? It's, or? it's, it's a uh, homage to Asian history. I, yeah. I don't know if it's like... Asian history or just Asian superheroes? Asian superheroes. Okay. Yeah, so this was interesting because I told it. It's called the Asian Superhero Celebration. Yes, and it has Cassandra Kane. It has um, you know uh, Tatsu, which is uh, oh, I'm forgetting her name, uh, Katana. Yeah, and there's a bunch of different characters. They have the Asian Superman, which uh, apparently was really good. I never read it. Kong Keenan, awesome. Yeah, yes. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of Asian superheroes, and I told Clay, I was like, you know what's crazy is I don't think you can do this for Latinos. I don't think we have enough superheroes to do this. And that was just kind of sad. Um, <laughs> I was just like, that's fucked up. And that's why, because, you know, Clay mentioned that it would be uh, Blue Beetle, obviously, Jaime mm -hmm. Reyes. It would be um, Kyle Rayner. Cassandra, uh, and, Kyle Rayner, Jessica and, Cruz. Mm -hmm. I was like, they'd probably be in the same fucking story because yep. they're both Green Lanterns. Yep. And, and then, then I mentioned Brick. Brick and um, Vibe. So I, so yeah, I said vibe. Five. Five. Um, technically... If you wanted to, I think you could throw in Pedro from the Shazam family. Yeah, if DC would actually lean into this because it's in comic books, you could do Catwoman because she's supposed to be half uh, Cuban or Puerto Rican, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. But uh, they try to try not to mention that a lot. But, you know, it's in a book. It's in the comics. So she's half. So I'm claiming her. Um, I didn't actually but, open this book, but I'm just now realizing that the very first story is Cassandra, and the yeah, art. When I flipped through it, the art does not look that bad, like at all. Yeah, it, there's actually some decent stuff in there. There is a I don't know who that she's a Teen Titan now, but she's like the Red Hood or the Red 
Arrow or whatever. Uh, oh, Kimiko. That's yeah. It's very anime like poppy art in that one. Like oh, it's really? weird. Like yeah, it's like very out there. And I was just like, whoa. I was like, that's a little too crazy for me, because um, it's like circles and it's weird. But anyways, yeah. So I just that's something random I want to throw out there. If you guys want even more Batman than you got this week, there is that uh, representation. I always enjoy DC doing those kind of things because it gives spotlight to other characters. Unfortunately, when you call it Asian celebration, I don't think it's going to get that many pickups. Uh, I feel like sometimes these books should just be dollar books. And they should just be like, hey, you know, if you guys, if you're picking this up, you want this, it's a dollar. Like, have them at the front desks of comic book shops, you know? And if you see other people picking up DC books, hey, you want this book, it's a dollar. Like, if you're trying to do representation, you know what I mean? If not, just put these fucking characters in other books. Oh, yeah. Like, that's no, the best like, way to do it. I will say the dollar books that, like, Indy does, mm -hmm. they prove to sell because it's an easy purchase. Yeah. Like, not only do you, like, you can put, you can, a, a comic shop can buy a shit ton because you, you buy them at freaking, you know, an even cheaper rate than a dollar. But yeah. you put a stack where you put the normal books, but then you put another stack of them right in front of the register. And people yeah. are like, oh, that's only 99 cents? Okay, sure, yeah, I'll buy it. Boom, yeah. just like that. Yeah, and the way you get it is you tell your cash register people, be like, hey, promote this book. Like, just be like, hey, this book's a dollar. Do you want to throw it in your stash? And be like, yeah, cool, nothing, bada boom, uh, and that's it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I wish they would do that more, or again, just put these characters in other books. Uh, but yeah, either way, that is it for this podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Clay, what do you got going on this week, man? So, like I said, uh, I actually did a review of the Last Jedi as well as a discussion on the latest episode of the Bad Batch that will actually be coming up uh, this Thursday. So keep an eye out for that. Of course, I always go live on DC Alliance on Mondays. Now, I will say this week we are going to be going live an hour earlier. So instead of 8 p.m. Central Standard Time, we're going live at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. We're going to be talking a little bit about what we discussed today. We'll be talking about how uh, Zack Snyder uh, stated that WB is very anti him right now, as well as him revealing the actual look of Green Lantern. So oh, yeah, I saw that. Uh, keep an eye out on that. Of course, I am always going to be on Ranger Alliance and Weird Science, Marvel and DC. Um, recently, I did a uh, I always do the digital spotlights for DC, uh, for Weird Science on DC. Uh, I did uh, the next Batman. Next issue is going to be the final issue of the next Batman. Um, this latest one did feature Katana, didn't really add much to the story, uh, but we'll see how that concludes. Um, and surprisingly, Batman and Scooby-Doo is actually really good. Uh, if you nice. take it into the account of it being a Scooby-Doo book, you know. Yeah. So I talk about those. And I think that's about it. Uh, Comic Book Legion hasn't been able to record, but it's more so because right now Mark is uh, building a new home and he wants to have his full attention on the show when he does it. And his brain's kind of scattered right now. So that will be coming back soon. Uh, it's just going to take a little bit of time. Noise, noise, noise. Um, of course, uh, you can always find me on my YouTube channels, which I've been uploading videos every single day. Yeah, which is 
insane. Um, and that's even with, uh, I've had batches of anxiety. Uh, we're actually recording this on Sunday because I felt like shit yesterday. And I told Clay, I was like, I can't record. Um, so, you know, we were luckily able to flex this to today to record. But uh, yeah, I'm still posting out five videos on the Reaction channel. I've been uploading every single day on the gaming channel, whether that be Resident Evil content or shorts. Highly suggest if you want to see me get scared at just content for Resident Evil, go watch those gameplays. Just check out the Dollhouse uh, episode, which I think is part three, if you want to see me get the most scared, because that was the most scariest part of the game for me. Found it hilarious. Um, but yeah, we've been streaming every Monday, Wednesday, Friday over on Twitch around 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. So if you want to come hang out, you can talk about the podcast, you can talk about Batman. Um, I'm always cool having those conversations. You can even talk about Gotham. It might not be a good conversation, but uh, I'm definitely <laughs> down to talk about it. But uh, yeah, that's going to be it for this podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, also, uh, if you want streamer help, I've been putting out a lot of stuff on TikTok. So follow my TikTok as well, because I've been putting out a lot of content over there. I have a bunch of content still to come out. Um, so yeah, definitely do that. Uh, but that's going to be it, ladies and gentlemen. As always, he is Fanboy Clay. I am Juice Wayne. Remember, Batman is awesome. Batman! News Weekly! <laughs>